0: Episode three of the Cameraslang Harriers podcast. We're delighted to welcome Richard Carr, Richie, um, for tonight's episode. Richie's the club captain and he's here to tell us tonight about how he joined the club and his um, aspirations for Cameraslang Harriers going forward. So without f- further ado, I'd like to just say welcome to Richie. Thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Corky. Hi, everyone.
0: Okay, so we're going to get straight into it, Richie. Um, so I've got a few questions for you tonight. Okay, so first question. What was your experience of running before you joined Canvas Line Harriers?
1: Okay, so I think, I think I guess, like, like most kids, you know, I did a little bit of, of everything. And I used to run for Stone Law. And I did a bit of cross-country. And it was, and that was in first to third year. And... I remember Robert, Big Robert, I think everyone remembers Big Robert coming to their door at some point and, and kind of chapping on my door and asking if I wanted to come and join Campus Line. But, you know, at that point, I never, I never really did. So I kind of think I tried it. It just wasn't quite for me at that time. But, you know, I kept my running up all through... Stoke in a high school at Stone Law and continued to run through my teens and into my 20s. It's funny when I, when I think back, you know, none, none of my friends were all that athletic. So I used to think I was quite good because i had done a few marathons and uh, I think I completed three marathons before I even thought about joining a club. And I always have a joke with Ian Nichol because my first marathon it took me four hours and 45 minutes and I, I ran with a, a backpack and at one point I phoned my mum, I think. <laughs> and you uh, crying? Well, it was the hottest day of the year in Edinburgh oh. and uh, people had actually been stealing the bottles of water so all the runners had run out of water to get were picking up bottles from the side of the road. And at that point, you know, I thought I was a great runner. And then, you know, I thought, well, maybe I should... I should I think about taking it a bit more seriously, I guess.
0: And Ditch the backpack.
1: The backpack, yep. That, <laughs> <yeah>. that day, <laughs> I hate running with the backpack now.
0: Um, so how did you end up joining Canvas Um. properly, if you like?
1: Yeah, I think once I got my teens and twenties out the way, you know, you're, you're kind of looking for some other commitment or some other buzz, if you like. I tried a few other clubs because I lived over in the south side. Um, I think I went to Bella Roadrunners. But then my wife and I, we moved over to Canvasline, less than half a mile from the club. And I said to her, right, this is it. I'm going to join Canvasline. And she said, you'll never stick it. And I think since I started running six days a week, I think she kind of rose that comment because I, I did stick it. That was about six years ago. Uh, and from the first session that I did, it was an out-and-back and down at the Clyde, one of our clubs' you know, favourite session. And I remember Frank Curdley saying to me in the first night, right, 10 minutes out, take it easy, you know, or otherwise you'll blow up first 10 minutes out with the first group. You know, <laughs> feeling great. <laughs> I was probably last back, and it was Frank, but I kind of, I told you so, look on his face, you know. Uh, But since then, that that was it. You know, that was six years ago and and going up uh, week in, week out since then.
0: How has your training changed then over the the years since you first joined, Richie?
1: It's it's changed quite a lot, I guess. Um, When I think about, I guess, the frequency is one of the key things that's changed. You know, the the amount of days that I train, uh, the intensity has, has increased steadily over those years. And of course, the duration—so the duration of my long runs or the duration of my sessions—has increased. And then it started to vary a little bit over the years. So I started to introduce cross-country sessions. I started to introduce track sessions. But I think you know I've probably got a bit of a reputation unfairly, I may add, of of overtraining. You know, but. You know, I probably did, if if I'm honest. You know, if if I I look back at myself, when you think about intensity, duration, and frequency, I probably increased some of them too much at once. Um, So there are learnings, of course, from that. um, But I think I I got, I've got now got to a point where I I can train quite intensely. and my body can handle it now, which is good. So mm-hmm. I think that's how, it, how it's changed, the intensity and the, the frequency mainly.
0: So you kind of figured out a few things about yourself along the way, if you like, in terms of what I your body so. can handle.
1: What what it can handle, yeah. and I, You know, we all become a bit of a slave to the miles sometimes, uh, and you think more miles equals better running, and it, it does if your body can handle it. Mm-hmm. But there's a sweet spot for me round about, 45 to 55 miles, maybe 50 miles. And that if I can stick to that, I can get just as fit right, and without getting injured. Um, and that that's really been key. And that's kind of the message that I would give when I see some of the new runners come is it's kind of take it easy. It's difficult because, you know, and I've chatted to Mike a lot about this, is when you join the club, or when anyone joins the club, you train harder, you get faster you train harder more and you get fast and that works for, for a period of time. Then you start to either get injured or you you plateau a little bit. Um, so yeah, definitely learning to kind of know your own body, listen to the niggles, etc. Yeah,
0: that's good advice. I'm still trying that. Um, <laughs> um, so since you since you joined, um, how have the coaches helped you out over the years, would you say? And who who
1: have they been? Yeah, so you know, I, I mentioned Mike. Clear, Mike hasn't like, kind of coached me throughout these years in a kind of overly coached way, but he's certainly given, been a kind of, eh, a lot. Well, he's given me a lot of guidance and tried to get me to stick to key principles over the years. You know, As I say, I was. I was guilty of boom and bust. You know, I would PB, train hard, and then I'd be out for three, four months. And, you know, it gets gets a bit frustrating. Uh, even last week, I think Gavin was joking about the, the 80-20 principle. You know, and it, it used to be, for me, 80% hard, 20% even harder. <laughs> so I think Mike is finally, I finally started to listen to that principle that, you know, you should look after yourself. So I think Mike has certainly been a, a key person in the club from a, a coach's point of view.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so you've, you've definitely benefited from his guidance, um, knowing how you've progressed over the six years anyway, I would say.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And um, has there been any positive influences in your running career so far? Work from Mike?
1: Yeah, loads of them, you know. So you can find positive influences all across the club, actually, and whether it's other runners, volunteers, coaches, committee members, etc. Everyone offers so much in so many different ways, and all of that can have a really positive influence on you, I guess. I've never really seen myself as a natural, talented runner. I've always really admired people that have kind of got to where they are through a lot of hard work. So, you know, people like, you know, if you think Ian Nicol, for example, similar to me, you know, came to the running a bit later, followed a good training plan, put the effort in, put the miles in, and then you get the results and I take a lot of positives from people like that you know in the clubs loads of people like that even at the start of my running you know Tony McCutcheon I remember he'd run a 118 half marathon I just thought that was out of this world you know at that point I was almost 20 minutes off of that and those, those guys at that time you know the guys that you kind of look up to because they at it week in, week out. Um, of course, then you've got all the kind of really talented runners at the, the club yourself, Corky, Ian Reid, you know, no shake of the head, <laughs> it's definitely true. Uh, Stevie, of course, and then even some of the, the kind of younger group, you know, you look at the guys like Gavin and Chris and Jamie and, and Kev and what they're all doing and the effort that they're putting in, and you can't you can't not take any positives from what they do, you know. So they kind of inspire you and keep you going like everyone. And then I guess, you know, this was Ian Reid encouraged me to take on a, a more active role in, in the club away from running. So Ian had asked me to become vice-captain a number of years ago. So that was a really positive influence because that helped me get more involved with the club. Um, And obviously, Ian's a a fantastic, fantastic runner as well. So he's been a a great mentor. And then there's so many kind of stalwarts at the club, as you know. Corky, you know, it's Dave Cooney, Dave Tom, Colin, Robert, Owen, Frank Hurley, I mentioned. You know, you you can't help kind of see them as positive influences as well. Um, But yeah, I mean... Anywhere you look, you can, you can take what you, what you want from these people.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going back to when I first joined, it's the same names that you've mentioned, you know, that have helped me along the way. And the new, the new, the new guys that have come in and, and ladies as well, um, everyone's got their own story and and you can take lessons from them and it's, and take them into your own kind of running journey, if you like. Um, and they're there to help you along the way no matter if they're a coach or not there's always people to you know get that advice from or, or learn from I would say
1: Yeah I agree with that and I think certainly in the club you know it doesn't really matter whether you're running 30 minutes for 10k or 40 minutes or 50 minutes you know everybody's had their own as you say story of how they got there their own hurdles to come over whether it's an injury that they've recovered from whether they're balancing really stressful home life or work life and still managing to get up to the club. You know, so you sometimes, when it's a miserable night or you've got a wee niggle and you see people fill out, you know, knocking their pan in, really kind side like tonight. You think, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. that's right. Um, so what are your current PBs and your most memorable running highlights to date?
1: PBs, I need, to, I need to look them up, Corky. I mean, I can't remember all the, the PBs. It's
0: uh, just when you take the scroll out and you're like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I always like to remember that when I joined uh, Canvas Lang, my 10K PB was 41 minutes. Right, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I've kind of managed to, to knock that down. You're, so, you're about 32.50 or something, are you? 32.56. Yeah. For the 10k, my, my PBs get progressively worse as the distance increases. So my 3k is, is probably my quickest time, if, if you know what I mean, uh, where I ran 8.48.
0: Yeah, that's shifting,
1: isn't it? In, in, indoors, yeah. So that, that was a good run. My five k is fifteen twenty five, which was over in Armagh.
0: Yeah, great it was, run there.
1: That, yeah, that was that was a great run, and ten k. As I say, thirty two fifty six, and I think the half the half was seventy five something at Glasgow which is a terrible run in many ways because, you know, there's a photo of me at one point and I'm kind of waving to my wife and I've got a big smile on my face and I've got about a mile 11 and you think, what are you doing? Why are you not pushing harder than that? I think I took it far too easy. I think uh,
0: your your wife probably deserves a wee wave, Richie, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But not a
1: big smile,
0: you know. waiting for you for 11 miles, you know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: exactly. Um, But those... Sometimes your PBs aren't always your your best races.
0: Yeah. So what...
1: So I think if I think about my my best races, the three k indoors when I dipped under nine minutes for the first time, I ran eight fifty two or something. That was probably better than the time I ran eight forty eight. I think I knocked a second off a of Cooney's time uh, that that day, and that, that he was there watching. So that was that was good. <laughs> you racing in the Emirates it's an experience that not many people will get because there's a crowd there, it's indoors, family are there, you know, it's it feels like a kind of big event. So that was that was pretty
0: exciting. So you weren't waving going around in that one?
1: Yeah, I wasn't waving it going around in that one, no. And it's good at that event because you uh, Colin Riley's girlfriend, friends, uh, Kirsten always comes to these events in every 200 meters. I could hear her shouting, oh, "Come on, Richie!" <laughs> and it's those kind of people that have missed through the walk-in thing. So that that was one. I think I've got three best ones. So that that was number one. Number two, of my favorite races was Armagh, where I did PB 15:25. You know, you try and describe to people, and you know, bear in mind, I still see myself as just an average runner. The are my experiences, something else. Have you been, Corky? I've been uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Um, you know, so you go, you don't have to pay. And I said, like, entry's free. You get picked up, from the, picked up from the airport. You stay in this pretty fancy hotel, uh, free of charge. You get your lunch and dinner for you. And you basically just sit about watching telly all day, waiting for the race, like some athlete, you know, at the Olympic Games. Then you go to the race, and it's you know it's it's dark because it's in, in February. There's floodlights, it's an incredible atmosphere. There's you know a police car taking you out kind of thing. Uh, I think it's um, commentator is the, the guy that commentates. The father of the Scottish athlete. Um, I'm a Whiteman. Uh, uh, yeah. I Jeff Whiteman. He does the yeah. commentary. You know, so that's just an incredible event. And I think I ran 15.25 and it was nearly last. In that race. <laughs> you know, I was like 177th or something from 200.
0: Incredible.
1: Yeah, incredible. But to run a PBE, I think I was quite pleased with that.
0: People are saying, though, that when the race finished, Richie, that you were the first person to the pub. <laughs> well, surely that doesn't surprise you. <laughs> you showed those fast guys how it's done properly, didn't you?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. I think there's something uh, in Stella which is like carb loading, or certainly rehydration. Uh, but that, I mean, that's a great. I'm seeing all the all the runners were having drinks and things, you know. Uh,
0: it's a it's a great sociable event, you know. If, if you don't, even if you don't drink, you know, so you can go and chat to people and kind of rub shoulders with the. If the elite, if you like, you know, the, the guys that are running sub 14 minutes in road, you know, it's you yeah, know, the guys are putting right. GB vests and you exactly. know, American vests or whatever. So,
1: yeah, I think there was something like 30 sub 14 runners last year, you know, it's yeah. incredible. Uh, so, they're they, they, they are two, you know, really good races. And then the, the other one that stands out, and I often get a bit slagged off for this one, uh, which was the Men's Health 10k. In Glasgow, can you tell what us your, how you get slagged off for that? Well, I think somebody said to my Strava, "What the hell are you doing, doing going to that? You know, it's a sociable, fun runner." i You
0: had the racers on.
1: <laughs> I had the racers on <clears throat> doing the strides before the warm up, before the gun. <laughs> you know, and you, uh, and then Gav was slagging me off for this, but I said, "Well, Gav, I still ran a good time. You know, I still ran thirty three twenty one, so it wasn't like a through down to 40 minutes or anything. Uh, so that was a good run. But mainly, you know, it was Father's Day, the day it was on. Uh, you run through George Square and there's a couple of thousand people there. My kids were there watching. And then you double back and you finish in George Square and the kids are there. And the kids just think you're some kind of superstar. Did you, know, you give them a wave, though? Yeah, I didn't this time, actually. I was... <laughs> 33-21, I was pretty burst <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, but then you cross the line at the men's health, you know, and you, you've you come first. But, I mean, not a job. Not, nobody, nobody cares. So, uh, which was good. That was fine. Uh, so they, those three races, I guess, stand out. And it just goes to show it doesn't matter whether it's a PB or a big event or a small event. Sometimes it's just some other additional little factor that makes it. Uh, more yeah. exciting than others the experience exactly yeah, I mean I've not mentioned even any cross country events Corky no, but like happy. you yeah. um, I, I like the cross country yes of course I like the racing but it's from a club point of view You know, but when I before I joined the club I thought that Scottish road running or r- running in general stopped and finished at the men's 10k or the, the Glasgow half I wasn't really aware of this big running scene and I would encourage anyone who's not been to a cross-country event to get along just you've got all the club tents you've got all the vests you've got the junior races under 11 right up to the, the seniors and it's just an incredible day. Um, it's,
0: I think it's the best day of the year I am being honest in mm-hmm. the national cross-country yeah. at Falkirk normally it's it's just uh, as you say. It's just an incredible day for all, you know. Even if you're not you not running, it's just fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, we both of us went running last year when it was on, uh, and it was that incredible weather when the snow was coming down and the hail, and it was, it was something out of the Bible or something. You know, it was it was incredible,
0: it was brutal, absolutely was, brutal.
1: But it's gonna you were a little bit hysterical at just how bad the weather was. Uh, but, yeah, best, uh, best run of the year, I would say, from a kind of club and running community point of view. Uh, let's hope it's on next year.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so now that you're the captain of the club, can you tell us what your vision is for the Camasang Harriers going forward? Um.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, I'm, as captain, I you know, I try and help out with the, the committee. And, you know, Des is, is now president of, of the club and is doing a, a fantastic job and I think, building on all the fantastic years that we've had. And, you know, so Des has set out his vision and there's a couple of strands that I can chat about tonight. I think performance will always be at, at the heart of the club. You know, that is... We are a competitive club, of course. You know, it's not the only aspect to us, but you know, we do want to be competitive, win road and cross-country medals and individual medals. So, you know, I, I think the vision going forward, performance will always be a key element to it. But in addition to that, you know, we've always, always been a, a, a strong component of the local community. And I think that is something that we want to build on even more, to be in a, in a force for good in the community, welcoming local runners, welcoming local juniors to come along, playing our part, if we can do, so there's hopefully an event coming up where one of the, the schools is looking for a bit of support, I think we're going to volunteer to go along and, you know, take them through some running sessions, etc. We've recently had a new group of, of runners come along to the club, 16, 17 uh, folk coming along, uh, which has been fantastic. So it's you know, it's both of those elements I think that Des is keen to focus on, and I think we're doing a really good job in that field.
0: Absolutely. You definitely are. Yeah. And um people sitting at home listening to this. Richie, you know, why should they join Sign Harriers if they're not a member already?
1: Yeah, it's people have always, are always going to have different motivations for joining a club, and and they can be because they're really kind of competitive and they want to train and, and compete in races. But it might be because they've been running on their own through lockdown, for example, and they would actually really enjoy the the social element of of running in a group. Um, or it might be that they've got kids at the club, you know, and they're coming along on a Tuesday to drop their kids off. Well, they could maybe get involved in, in running whilst their kids are running as well. But the club is, you know, it's incredibly friendly. Eh? Everyone at the club, you know, right from the, the juniors right up to the, the seniors and the, the coaches. So... regardless of what your motivation is, you know, Canvas Lang Harriers has got something to offer everyone. I know I'm very biased, but if you live in the South Lanarkshire region, I think Canvas Lang Harriers is the the obvious choice for for anyone to join, regardless of age, experience, ability. You know, there's something for everyone here.
0: And um, what can they expect when they arrive at the club? Once they've joined, what can they expect?
1: What I've always found with kind of clubs, sporting clubs, you know, I used to do a bit of open water swimming. I went to triathlon clubs, um, tried other running clubs. They're all generally very kind of like-minded individuals, you know, really warm, welcoming, humorous, supportive, you know, and that's probably one of the best things about being in the club you know, whether you've had a really awful day at work or as I say, things are stressful at home, you know, you go to the club and you're surrounded by what ultimately start to become your pals and are really good friends that you experience ups and downs with. I think they would, you know, they would join and and find a really strong sense of community. Um, They're really supportive, as I say, whether you're just looking to run in a group and you never want to set foot in a race whatsoever. Yeah. or whether you're desperate to move a particular race, time or distance, or whatever, you know, you would be very, very, very well supported.
0: Yeah, and uh, how do they do that, Rich? How does somebody join Camer Harriers?
1: Yeah, so we've been on a bit of a recruitment drive over the last 12 months. Like everyone, you know, a lot of people have been stuck at home during lockdown and people have kind of found running or they've come back to running I've decided to want to take it a bit more seriously so there's different ways to get in touch with us um, the best way to do it is, is through the email which is run at canvaslangharriers.org and that way you know we can get in touch and we can start a bit of a, a dialogue but we're also on Facebook and we're also on Twitter so by all means, just drop us a, a message uh, and we'll, we'll have a discussion with you. And, and, and you know, people can be open and to say, I've not ran in 10 years, what would you suggest? Or looking for a bit of advice. You know, we're always happy to offer advice without them actually becoming a member or coming along. So yeah, drop us an email, get us on Twitter, uh, look, at, look us up on Facebook and then we'll have a chat about it
0: and see where we can support you. Great. Um, Oh, there's that feedback again. hate hearing my own voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Richie, you might have heard this before, but some people say that Canvas Sign is an an elitist club. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people?
1: You know, I, I guess I've always thought that that's a bit of a unfair characterization of the club and I think people <clears throat> think that being competitive and sociable have to be exclusive but they're not not in the slightest so you can be competitive and still be incredibly sociable and, and fun and welcoming and I think Canvas Lang has a real mix of runners So, as I've said before, whether you're running your first ever run, you know, we have a support network for that as well. We have various routes to progression. We've got a whole range of coaches that can offer support at any point. One of the new groups that we've set up, um, you know, there's there's certainly a a mix of, of runners in that. A group, So it's it's definitely not just for experienced or you, know, you need to be a certain pace to, to come and join, uh, without a doubt. And I think what I would say is, you know, get in touch, ask us questions, come along for a session. Uh, and I think you would find pretty quickly that we're, we're certainly not that uh, elitist club that, that, that people have mistakenly called us in the past. But by all means, you know we are a, a sports club. We want to do well, of course, but that shouldn't be confused with being warm and welcoming.
0: Yeah. And what age do what age does the club accept? You know, and well, how how young and how old? You know, what's mm-hmm. the kind of age range that we have at the club?
1: Yeah. So I think you know one of the key things for for very young kids is that they should have a range of Sporting experiences. You know, running is a, a late specialism sport. So parents shouldn't feel that they, their kids need to get into running really quickly. Um, and I guess round about 10, I think, is an age where we would think about cu- having them come along uh, and try out. But some kids develop at different ages in stages and the last thing that you want is for a, a kid to come along and be disheartened because it, it's, it's maybe he or he's not at the right speed or so it's probably making a more of a an assessment on an individual basis, but as a rule of thumb round about 10, I think. And that would be 10 starting in the spring. We wouldn't, we wouldn't if you just turned 10 10 going into the autumn and winter that wouldn't be an appropriate time to join. And then, you know, through the ages, there isn't a a limit on that. Um, We had some runners today, which are in their 60s and 70s, and are are still giving us a good run for our money. So running is one of those sports where, at an elite level, you might peak when you're in your mid-20s, but you can certainly keep running well into your, your... More mature years, if you like. Yeah, it's a lifelong sport. I would say so. Yeah, as long as you don't uh, train eighty percent hard, twenty percent
0: even harder, then you you should you should make it. But the the rumor is going about the streets of Kamasang is that you're going to be become a coach. So are you going to adapt that theory for your own athletes or what? (laughs) Are you?
1: (laughs) No. We all need to have a individual coaching, you know, theme. So mine is just 100% hard, I think. <laughs> uh, no, there's there's a, a group of us uh, at the minute, five of us going through our coaching assistant course at the moment, uh, which is really good. And, you know, I, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do it was just to support the the club in any way that I can. I'm conscious that, you know, tonight we had 25 seniors out and it would be good if there were some more accredited coaches in that group. So, yeah, we shall see where it where it takes us. Certainly got a lot to learn, Corky.
0: <laughs> You're up coaching a bit more often. I know. I know. I'm going to, once the, the wee fella gets a wee bit older, then I'll, uh, I'll be up a wee bit more regularly. But um, yeah. now that's great to hear that we've got some volunteers going forward to. Um, to help with the coaching and to start their start their kind of coaching career if you like. Yeah. Um, and
1: there's lots of roles at the club, you know, whether it's being on the committee, a coach, a volunteer, a member, an athlete, you know, whatever it may be, you know, if you would like to help out or get involved, you know, give us a shout. There's always we're always open to like minded and helpful individuals.
0: The club wouldn't run without the volunteers, would it?
1: Incredible, you know, the amount of time that some of the coaches put in, especially for the juniors, um, it's just incredible, the amount of detail that they put into their individual training plans. You know, it's incredibly admirable. And then the the guys on the committee, you know, I'm, I'm just new on the committee and try and help out if I can. But, you know, a lot of them have been on the committee for a number of years, week in, week out, especially through COVID. You know, trying to just make sure that we could still... Operate as a club. It was fantastic to even just be a a small part of that.
0: Yeah. Well, Richie, that's that's come to the end of the questions. Um, I was just a wee side note. um, I was at the physio last night, somebody Mm -hmm. that we know well, Ian Reid. Yeah. And we were saying that you're definitely the best captain for at least the last five years because even (laughs) Ian Reid and myself have been the two captains before you, so you're doing a absolutely fantastic job along with the rest of the committee and all the other volunteers um, that help run the club. And, you you know, you're, our club's going forward. You know, it's progressing for, you know, not just athletes like myself, but um, for the 10-year-olds, as you said, up to the mm-hmm. 70-year-olds. And there's a real feel-good factor about the club. I would say yeah. right now, and I think it's in a in a real positive place, and you've played your part in that. Um, this will be the nicest. <laughs> this will be the nicest I'm ever going to be to you, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, quite right, you know.
1: I, you can let me off once. I think <laughs> I'm I'm certainly the slowest captain there's ever been. I'm going to have to buy find,
0: you know. I think, well, some I think you've got. I think you you find you've actually gotten a, a faster official PB. That, 5k uh, than I do, and I've never done a 3k, so I um, could so okay. be the slowest. Well, you we all know though that you could run
1: a quicker 5k on grass uphill <laughs> than, I, than I did at Armagh. <laughs> so we'll maybe race one day.
0: <laughs> um, so thanks very much for joining tonight, Richie. Everyone at home, you've just listened to episode five of the Canvas Episode five? No, you've not. You've listened to episode three of the Camaslangadiers podcast. Getting ahead of myself. Um, Richard Carr is, is our club captain. He is available um, for any questions you might have about joining the club, or uh, if you want to um, get any help. You know, you're in the club right now. You want to get some coaching help, or you know how to access the club now that the restrictions have been lifted a slightly. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the episodes and I'd just like to say thank you very much to you, Richie, for joining and sharing your running journey and the, the aspirations for the club. No problem,
1: Corky. Pleasure.
0: And um, keep listening, folks. Episode number four will be coming very soon in the next couple of weeks. We've got that lined up and um, we hope you're enjoying them. Spread the words of Camaslang Harriers I'm just going to say it, it is the best sports club in the nation. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Newsflash, it is. <laughs> so we'll see you soon. Take care. Keep running.